Hey, y'all. I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, Marseille Martin is the leader we all knew we needed. (laughs) Issa Rae is the new queen of comedy. And I need a pink pantsuit. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Beaver Talk. Talk. I didn't think we were going to make it through that intro. And yeah, no, we're off to a giggly start. It for doesn't a, bode well for the rest of this for episode. For a giggly movie. A giggly little movie. Just a little movie called Little. Oh my God, who are we? A little episode for Little. Yeah. We're just doing, we're we're just doing do a, a bite. One. We're doing a bite. Yeah. Um, I saw this movie with you, which is I think the first movie I've seen with you since when? Mm. That's a tough question. That is a tough question. It can't be I Feel Pretty. We've seen a movie since then, right? Mm, I don't know. I don't think we have. Because we try Maybe. not to see them together because then we gab and we talk and we waste all of it I know we air. wanted to see A Star is Born, but we were both out of town for yes. that one. Oh, my God. I can't believe we For some reason, we together. didn't see Mamma Mia together either, which seems like one we should have seen. That was dumb. Why didn't we see that together? I think also we went like a day apart or something stupid. Uh, who, who could say? Yeah. Did you go with anyone to Mommy? I saw no, it alone. I saw it alone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and we also had the worst experience ever in the theater, both of us. Well, it's because we didn't go together. That's not a movie you can see alone. It's a joyful film that you should see with friends. Uh, well, I didn't share that with anyone. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's been a while, I think. Right? I think it's so. been a while. I enjoyed it. This was a great film. What a fun film. So fun. It's such a sleepover movie. I just kept thinking that. Oh my gosh, yes. It's such a sleepover movie because it's like you get your candy, you get your pop soda, and you just settle in. Soda? People call it soda. I call it pop. I say pop too. You say pop? Yeah, well, Buffalo people say pop. I say, in the South, you say Coke. I feel like you say soda. I say say Coca-Cola, which really freaks my mother out because in it's a whole dialect. Yeah, you thing. always talk about a Coca Cola. I know because like, in Spain you, you have to say the whole word. Oh, Spain! Yeah, that time, <laughs> right? And I remember. And for some reason, when I was there, that in, that embedded and ingrained in the my piece brain. That embraced for you. <laughs> that was the part of the Spanish language I picked up <laughs> was like, to say the full word, Phenomenal. so that they would get me my correct order. The Spanish culture had a deep impact on you, and you now call it Coca Cola. That's all I've got out of that experience of studying abroad, and that's all you need. That um, documentary. Do we want to get into it? Yes, let's. It's like hard to get into this movie because it is just popcorn. Like it's literally, it's kind of like those movies that were made in the early 2Ks where it's like very digestible, very fun, very easy, bright colors on screen, everything's happening. The message is very thin, but it's cute. It didn't need to have a thicker message. No, absolutely not. It stayed in its lane and it did it. Yeah. Um, Marcy Martin. Can we just? Wow. She's a superstar. She posted on Instagram this morning a video of her at three years old doing some kind of lip sync. And you could see the star she was to be. Do you watch Blackish? No. It's amazing because she plays Diane on Blackish. And she's kind of like this deadpan Wednesday Adams always threatening to murder her dad's best friend. Like, they're just, she plays such a great character. 
And she really lifted the best parts of the Diane character and then gave it a little, little zhuzhing and added some fun. Um, and it was such a joy because she really is like a 40-year-old woman who's just trapped in this body of like a young woman who like has to deal with everyone's bullshit um, and way to stay in your lane and elevate it and make it fun and make it joyful, have a you know message about being true to you. I mean, it was so, it was so fun, this movie. Um, I watched an interview with her where she was talking about her production company and Jimmy Kimmel, who I loathe and it's no secret burning bridges already on beaver talk. All right. Um, he was like kind of belittling her a little bit (gasps) and was just, I mean, he didn't mean to, he was just like, so what's this production company you founded? Like, do you guys actually have an office or like, what is this? And she was like, yeah, I have the corner office. (laughs) And I was like. Oh man, she did not wow, come to play. Wow, wow. <laughs> this is phenomenal. I, it's so for me it's like so cathartic to see her. I just like I think about myself, I mean, as a young person let alone, but I think about myself now and I'm like I I am so deeply appreciative of that unbridled confidence. Mm. I mean, I love vulnerability. I love like there's a place for it all. There's a place for it all, but to have this young woman show up on the scene and just be unapologetically herself and unapologetically fucking good at what she does. Yeah. And own it mm-hmm. and speak directly to grown-ups in a way that like makes them feel like uncomfortable. <laughs> I love it. And I yeah. I just get so much from her. I think that like it's kind of like the Diane von Furstenberg situation you and I have talked about where she's oh, like God. I don't get why people have imposter syndrome. I don't know why women don't have confidence. It's like, I feel like I get so much from it. It's sometimes a breath of fresh air to just have someone roll in who's like, we need to like step up people. Yeah, but I think you can have confidence and have like uh, social awareness. And I don't know if Diane von Furstenberg has that based on her privileged upbringing. But what I mean is like, I love that. We don't, as women, we don't get enough of that. We're sometimes very much What like, I'm saying is, though, you can have confidence. Yeah. Unbridled confidence and not be like a, an heiress to a small country's fortune. Like I kind of love it. All right. I, I kind of love it because, like, who else is holding the space for it, really? Okay. It's like the Anna Winter thing. Like, you're just kind of like, hello, I'm here and I own all of it. But this kid... I mean, she is an absolute joy. I'm to now watch. I'm tripping over the fact that you compared Anna Wintour to Diane von Furstenberg. How? Why? Because I feel like Anna Wintour is like a hard work. Like I guess there. What? Never mind. <laughs> I'm backing myself <laughs> this out is of it. A there. whole other I was episode. Gonna go right into like a whole Anna Wintour's work ethic. Da 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 da. Blah blah blah. But who who really knows? We can't hit DBF for her work ethic. I know. That that was a low blow. Oh, I'm sure she's worked very hard to get where she Holy is. Holy moly. I do like the story of her being on the airplane with the Newsweek. Do you know the story? No. She's on an airplane and it's all full of men in suits. She's reading a Newsweek and the guy next to her is like, what do you, what's a pretty girl like you doing reading Newsweek? She goes, I'm on the fucking cover. See ya. <laughs> this is what I live for. Yeah, that's a good story. Um... I have a question for you that I was going to ask you right after we saw this movie, but I decided to save it. Oh. If you could go back to any age, <gasps> what age would you go back to to learn the lessons that you needed? Oh, to learn a lesson? Well, because she goes back to the time when she was, how old she's supposed to be, 14? No, she is younger yeah, than she, that. No, she goes back to when she was 14. when you're in high school. 
She wasn't in high school. She was in grade school in this movie, right? Oh, maybe that's bad writing. I assume she went back to when she was 14. Why did you think 14? Because she's 14 in real life. Oh, I see. I think she's a little younger. It doesn't really matter. Um, What's your age? Well, I think this. No. Just throw my question back at me. Well, no, I I need to think of an answer, Diane. I'm not just going to give you some bullshit here. This is Beaver Talk. (laughs) This is the hard hitting journalism we do every day. I'm going to really deeply reflect on your question, but I need some time. So please fill the air. Um, Ira Glass is going to come on next week. I can't wait. Just the real hard hitting story. So you want a lesson? No, I just want to know what age you would go back to if you pulled a freaky Friday and all of a sudden. To learn something. Take the question however you wish. Well, what's your answer? I would go back. <laughs> I would go back. I hate to that when you've I thought 18. about this already. <laughs> oh, what would you tell your eighteen-year-old self? Well, I was like just so self-involved and completely in my own life at that point, and I was. I like it. Really, it more of that. <laughs> flying high on having graduated high school, and I think you know I was taking a trip to. Europe with my ex-boyfriend. I was not nice to him. Like, I just, I feel like. What? Who is this Diana? <laughs> I just feel Wait, like. why are you going on a trip to Europe with your ex-boyfriend? No, no, no. We were dating at the time. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's like, that's confusing. It's a whole other story. How did your parents let you go to Europe with a boy? Yeah, we went for three weeks. What? Pat I Matthews so. let you go to Europe with a boy at 18? Hell yeah. <laughs> That's what being the third child is like, I oh, guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just got to do whatever I wanted. Well, three weeks. Where the hell did you go? I think it Everywhere? was for three weeks. I'm trying to think. We That's went to Berlin, Berlin, Prague, and Rome. Two weeks, maybe? But what I'm saying is, like, I would love to, go back like... and do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think what this movie, like, got me thinking of is, like, what's... Cause she goes back to the age where she like swallowed all of the bullying she was experiencing and like made an oath to herself that she was going to make people feel that small too so she could mm. feel powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the whole, like little then becomes like this double entendre for making people feel little. And you can be a big person and still make... <laughs> I am with you. You can be a grown up or a big person and still make people feel little. Because she grows up to make Issa Rae feel little. She grows up to make the people, her employees feel little. Right. And I think that, like, that is such an interesting message. So how does that relate to your 18-year-old self? No, it doesn't really. I just wanted to know what age you would go no, back but to. No, to finish your story, why would you go back oh, to that I age? Oh, because I feel like there's, I feel like that's a time where I kind of, I don't know, maybe it's a time in my life I think about a lot. And I feel like it's maybe a place where I have some like subconscious lessons that I learned that I'm still kind of maybe working through. Hmm. And like what? I think, well, just like thinking about how you treat people and thinking about like relationships. What did you do to this? It's also been 10 years. (laughs) It's also been 10 years since I graduated high school. So maybe it's like that. Why did you guys break up? Because we were 18. Okay. And just like, can't well we broke up when we were 19 in all fairness it continued for another year okay but I think maybe it's just like thinking about times where you weren't your best self Mm. and thinking about like how that had an impact on your further like how it's had an impact on you yeah Hmm, 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 hmm. well this might surprise you or maybe it won't but I was bullied a lot as a kid because I moved around so much so every two to three years, I have to start all over with a new group of assholes. 
And <laughs> um, so I feel like I was like constantly thrown into like the wolf pack of like seeing like the you know the dynamics, and I learned really quickly like who like the cool girls were and like where the safe spaces are and kind of like how to fit in between everybody and kind of try to find my place with each social unit, which, and my social currency changed drastically based on the state I was in, Mm. which was really interesting. Like I was never, you know, like sometimes I'd be like with the popular girls and then sometimes I wouldn't, like you just, I kind of would float depending on what the whole vibe was. Yeah. Um, But when you're dropped in the middle of a school year, it's like, a death sentence basically as a young person. Um, I don't know. I think formatively, I, I mean, it was all like really annoying. Um, and that's why my brother and I are so close, but I guess, I mean, living in Hawaii was like, like borderline traumatic because I went to a local school and I was the only white person in my grade, which when I think about it now is such a fantastic perspective to have to be a minority as a person of privilege Um, and something that I deeply get when people of color talk about being characterized or when people assume that they're going to be friends with other black, like I totally empathize from that experience. Um, But it was also deeply like, you know, like, eating lunch in the bathroom, like, it was, like, a sad, like, it was dark. Um, So maybe I would just tell myself to stick it out, you know, or to just, you just got to keep riding through, you know? Yeah. And the sad thing is, is that then after that, I, then we moved to Buffalo, and then I was popular again. So that's a real mind fuck, too, of, like, the privilege of different spaces and, like, your whiteness being something that you can use to further your social currency and, you know, but in Hawaii I wanted to dye my hair brown. Like I hated the way I looked, which is interesting for a blonde haired, blue eyed girl to say. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are in this episode. Jeez, Diana. <laughs> I took it there. Yeah. No, I but I think did. that, that you know, this movie can be read at a, and it should be read at like a very fun Sleep, as we said, sleepover movie level. Yeah. But then I think it's dealing with very real things. And I bringing in the childhood element, I love the scene when her and Issa Rae are on the rooftop and she's like, you get the privilege of going back and reliving your childhood mm-hmm. and like coming to it with a yeah, new Yeah, but who wants to ever go back and do that? Would you but ever she want it? She doesn't want to do it. And right. she does it and it's like becomes this like but thing that she privilege, just has I to guess. deal with. I guess correcting your wrongs is a privilege. But even totally. the mistakes you made, I wouldn't want to go back and relive. I anything. would say like having and being able to redo something with a new perspective is a privilege. Yeah. And I think that I love that Issa Rae throughout this whole movie is just like she's so open mm. in the way that Regina Hall's character is not. And she's like, wow, so now you're like the little version of yourself. Like what now can we do with this? Like she sees all the possibilities of it as opposed to it being something to be fixed. Right. And like I really love that aspect. Issa Rae was such a ray of sunshine and such a movie star. Yeah. She's and amazing. so fun. And just, I want to see her in like everything. Yeah, me too. That was, it was just, I mean, and I, I wasn't really expecting it to be a buddy flick, which I guess makes sense that it yeah. would be. But to see the two of them on screen together was so fun. 
and something I wasn't expecting. Yeah. No, I really love the dynamics of it. I love the energy of it. It's really stayed in its lane mm-hmm. and just did it. Uh, can we talk about the fashion? What sure. did you think of the fashion? I loved it. I thought it was like so f- it was very movie. sex in the city. Yeah. Like all the clothes she's wearing were very Samantha Jones and very like. Yes. I thought it was fun. The pink pantsuit moment was everything. It made me want to put on a pair of high heels. Yes. The other thing I found really interesting, we talked a little bit about this after the movie, was the way men were hypersexualized in this film. That was something your husband brought up. I know. And I completely agree with him. And it reminded me of Book Club. Mm. Where we also got to just hypersexualize men. And it did we in Book Club? Yes. Who was hypersexualized in Book Club? Am I thinking of the wrong movie? I mean There's a movie we just watched where it was like next level. It was very fun. I'm thinking of the old men in Book Club and I'm not sure. We recast Book Club in our minds and maybe we sexualized them in that space. Oh my god. Because we didn't think that they were attractive enough for the Jane Fondas of the Book Club. Oh, don't even get me started on that again. The only one who was worthy was Andy Garcia. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> but no, I thought I thought it was working on like so many levels. I really liked it. Yeah, I also liked that it stayed true to the story. Like there were a couple of moments that like we ping-ponged a little into like this we could go down a rabbit hole of chasing this subplot and we didn't and I truly appreciated that they stayed on book of like we're solving this problem and we're dying we're digesting or dissecting this idea of being little, and and I really liked that. I also really liked um, she has this, like, misfit group of friends, and it's interesting because I thought when she originally sat down and they were all being pushed around by the bullies, I thought she was going to give them the confidence to say no to those people and, like, bring a little bit of her meanness and actually serve these kids, and they didn't really do that. Instead, she told taught them basically how to pull away, which I thought was kind of uh, something that maybe she could still use what she has, you know, which is her assertiveness. I think that she would have liked to like own what they do really well, like with the whole dance and song. Well, she got around to it. Yeah. And I think that that I like that. I like that we never had a moment of like confronting Natasha and like having the bully. It's not about them. No, it's not about them. And it got to be about the kids on stage. And I think that that was really cool. Yeah, and I loved that little boy singing. Sure. I loved it. There's something about when kids sing that I like lose. It's very Disney. I like lose emotional control and just start crying. Oh, thanks. Um, I loved the tech bro that they had in this movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) What a fun caricature of just like – Every tech bro ever. The struggle I had was to raise $10 million, but my dad only gave me five. And then I had to ask my grandparents for money. Can and you they imagine? fully funded me. And then I sold that company for $400 million. Just amazing. <laughs> oh, so good. He was like, I don't know how to tell time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, your khaki pants. And he's like, I'm not wearing khaki pants. And she's like, I swear to God, you were she's wearing like, you khaki. were in my head. <laughs> That was good. Very good. I, I loved- liked it all. I also liked at the end when she was doing that big reveal of the sign, how she gave the associates a very little. I was like, don't make her be too nice. Do you right. know what I mean? Yep. Give her, keep her, let her keep her power. Absolutely. Um, so I thought that was very like self-aware that they were not making her like too much of a, you know what I mean? It's also just hilarious that like. That was fun. Yeah. I think it was very funny. I also want a homegirl. Oh. No? No. 
not interested in like a sorry that I'll play music for you and That's sorry. read you a quote in the morning. <laughs> That's literally Google. Will Google read you quotes in the morning? Yeah. I don't trust any of those things. I have them in my house. They're not in my house. I don't like it. I mean, I guess they're already listening to your phones, right? Yeah, 100%. So it's like, what's the difference? What are you going to do? Although one of them did send all the audio files to their e- their email and the work and that whole thing. Yeah, that was a bad seems like moment. a real problem. <laughs> it's a real conundrum. Oh, my god! I like the idea of the government having to listen to Beaver Talk, though. Like, oh, these girls are recording another oh three-hour episode. Wednesday. Oh, my God. Oh, I got to sit through this one. <laughs> but then they become our biggest fans, and they're all, on the, like, on the down low listening to Beaver Talk. Like, a movie comes out, and they're, like, waiting for the episode. <laughs> Hi, guys. Happy <laughs> Feminist Wednesday. That's funny. What a fun movie. I'm mad we didn't get any popcorn. Uh, it was well, a real mistake. I fucked up by eating dinner. I've been eating such garbage lately me too like uncontrollable like because i'm like so bored at home doing nothing but watching this child and like literally eating cookie dough yeah i have a problem oh my god i'm I'm naming it i need to stop eating it like fair on friday the day that i went to this movie with you Mm -hmm. i had a bagel and a half a philly cheesesteak and then i went home and had a piece of pizza Like I was like a pizza rat. Like it was like a <laughs> pizza rat. <laughs> I couldn't consume enough. It was so aggressive. Yeah, I was at pizza that day. Whatever, it's fine. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> Any other notes? Any other thoughts? Um, no. I th- something I thought was kind of tell me what you thought of her boyfriend was in fine. the movie. I was I was surprised that they kind of played him as this like. Kind of, I hate to make the reference of Chris Brown, but they had him do this very like sexy dance, which Chris Brown kind of kind of. I'm gonna make the magic re- mic reference. I'm okay, not gonna thank make you, Chris Brown reference, which I haven't seen. I don't even understand that. I haven't seen Magic Mike. Watch both of them this week with your mom. <gasps> Watch them with your mom. Oh my god, and my aunt Chrissy and and my father and our my uncle own it. Let's have a family affair. <laughs> family viewing. That would be a funny episode to have my mom on. That'd be amazing. She's not good on these devices that will tell you what. What devices? Like if you like sit down with her and put her in like we're say we're recording, she becomes a different person and it's not good. Well, yeah, we just need to start like recording at a coffee date sometime. Just make a sneak attack. Of course. Yeah. Um, But anyway, I thought it was weird. I thought he was kind of like her play. Like it was just like a one night whatever do you know what I mean? And then they, then he wanted to be her father. Oh, yeah. It was. And then I was like, oh, I guess it's fine. It is what it is. I feel like he just stayed in his lane. It was not about him. Right. And I think that it's very much stayed about the women. I think it was like, whatever. I guess I didn't even know if we needed that storyline at all. But... Yeah, you always need a little man candy in these movies. I feel. No, I'm, I'm fine with the man candy, but he kept coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, do we it was exhausting. the whole art thing and no, an all the backstories. I can't like, these backstories. Matter. Everybody needs a fucking story. I thought maybe she was going to go with the teacher then and then they dropped that whole storyline. That was I just love for that fun. He just came in and left. <laughs> yeah, like a cute cameo. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it was fun. I also liked the kind of um, the lightness of like the tech. We're making an app. Oh, my God. We're doing this. We're releasing it in a week. Your husband was like, 
I'm sorry, what? What are we doing here? What's what? This pitch meeting is coming together in a day. What? That was great. Didn't need to be too crazy. No, what a fun movie. And I loved at the end when her name came up as an executive producer. The audience clapped. Of course. Our audience was wild. Ugh. They <laughs> They were like obsessed with the men in this movie. And I'm like, everybody needs to They calm were down. screaming and laughing. And clapping and like, oh my God, people. Our audience was all drunk, for sure. <laughs> it was fun. We probably should have been, too. It was fun. Fun Friday night. In the city. All right. Anything else for this movie for you? No. I'm just excited to see what else this young woman does. Anything you're excited about? The yeah, Beyonce documentary? Sure. Going to be good. Um, I'm also excited for the Charlize Theron movie with Seth Rogen. Yes. I'm also excited for Wine Country. Oh my god, it's gonna be so good, so fun! Yeah, I and love Netflix it. is doing it. We're seeing these big stars come onto Netflix and make movies. It's interesting. Beaver Talk exclusive. It's very interesting. I guess Netflix is doing, doing stuff. something. Yeah, <laughs> they're doing something. Well, thanks for spending your Wednesdays with us, Kent. <laughs> I was about to say Fridays. We're really Saturdays, off the rails. We gotta call an end to this. Um, yeah, and if you like Beaver Talk. You should follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Say hi. That's it. Happy <laughs> Feminist Wednesday, guys. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Beaver Talk. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!